0: Welcome to Sports Clicks and Politics with your host, Ben Husong, and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to episode 75 of Sports Clicks and Politics. I am Sean Hannon and joined remotely by Mr. Ben Husong. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Husong.
1: Pleasure as always. Thrilled to be here. Sorry I can't be in studio today.
0: Well, I miss your charisma, so we'll have to have to make up without it. So
1: uh, I'll just do my best to bring that all out into the open, even through the remote call. Yeah. Unfortunately, my schedule's a little crazy these days, but we'll get it, we'll get it done.
0: We'll get it done. All right. So in general, how was your weekend this weekend? Uh, do anything exciting? Anything uh, noteworthy? Uh, my
1: daughter had the fifth and sixth grade musical. At mm. West Genesee Middle School,
0: exciting times. It Were you was the conductor? Great. Say that again. Were you the conductor? Of course not. Oh, good.
1: But I did oh. help out. But did. She did wonderful.
0: Excellent. Well, of course not. I wasn't expecting anything less. I did actually go out this weekend, so I wasn't a hermit. Got to uh, watch some football games out of the actual real bar. Wow, that was, that was exciting for me. Had some beers. Look at you. Well, had to watch my had to watch my fantasy team with Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams, Marquez vandels scantling whoever his name is, and Justin Jefferson, all on the same team, did quite well. Thank you very much.
1: I mean, that was that was good picks this week, Sean. Yeah,
0: all, all under 5%. Well, Devontae Adams was 16%. This is DraftKings in my tournament. They were all under 5% owned, so I killed it. But, yeah, it was a good week. Not bad. Yeah, it was fun. Good. Um, I don't know. Should we talk a little bit about the NFL? I didn't stay up and watch my Steelers. Uh, I guess they lost, but I didn't stay up and watch that. You, did you uh, make it up to the end of the night to watch the end of the NFL week uh, 11? Sadly, no, I did not. That's well, not that sad. I mean, I guess it was a good no. game, 41-37, holy, I mean, a lot of back and forth. I saw the uh, Chargers scored with like two minutes left to take the lead finally, but...
1: must well, it been a good game. Yeah,
0: I mean, I don't watch much of the other football games because I was mesmerized by the Vikings-Packers game because I had so much money at stake, so... Um, I don't really have any hot takes for the rest of the league. Uh I saw your Bills won. No, they didn't. Oh yeah. <laughs> You're a jerk. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, five touchdowns. I didn't have that guy on my fantasy team. Somehow I still won. That's amazing. Just for the record.
1: Jonathan Taylor basically just ran through the Bills like they were not present. Yeah.
0: It, well it was a bad day. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not as bad as losing the Steelers, I guess. So the Colts are probably a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, listen, they this one like was anyway.
1: probably worse than when they lost to the Jaguars. Like, at least that was 9-6. Like, oh, you had a bad game. The offense was a couple missed passes away from being good. This was just getting dominated.
0: Yeah. Well, like I said, the, uh, the NFL is, uh, I feel like a, a very few teams at the top right now are still uh, vying for actual being uh, considered great. But most of the league is just like it always is—pretty average, you know. Pretty not average, but pretty. Uh, the the parity has reigns uh, supreme in the NFL, I guess. I agree with that. But I do think the Packers was... and the Cardinals. I mean, well, the Titan. The, I don't know how the Titans lost, but anyway, the I feel like the Cardinals and the Packers are clearly the two best teams. I believe we have Mr. Hu Song back with us. Is that uh, correct, Mr. Hu Song? Can you hear me now? Yes, I can, and we can see you, Mister Huesong. That's a wonderful. We we dropped out just as we were talking, uh, wrapping up our NFL. Uh, I don't need, need to go through any bottom five because I don't want to embarrass your bills. But let's go through the. Um, let's go to just a brief touch on the merger or the continued merger. We've touched on this a couple times of cryptocurrencies and uh, all things that go along with crypto and sports. We had uh, a AL MVP. Uh, what is his name? Shohei Otani. the guy who hits bombs and throws strikeouts and everything else in between. Basically, uh, AL MVP has just signed an endorsement deal with FTX, which is a, uh, crypto exchange, but I feel like they mostly do derivatives. So they're kind of like probably not somebody most people are, are aware of, but they are spending a lot of money, uh, getting their name tied to some of these major athletes. Uh, this one on the heels of Tom Brady also being an ambassador of FTX and Steph Curry. So, uh, Three pretty big, uh, prominent people in three different uh, American sports, at least, over here. And I'm assuming they have some uh, sponsorship uh, around the world and some other sports. But a continued merger of crypto and sports. Uh, We've talked about this. We think it's a good thing. Uh, Other than just giving credibility or uh, notoriety both to crypto, these athletes are also getting paid in crypto, so it's giving it, it's, it's create, creating some uh, value just by them being able to take it and uh, own it, I guess, no?
1: I agree, and I think that not, legitimizes is probably the wrong word, but further legitimizes cryptocurrency as a medium of currency. Um, and I think, you know, we always joke, Joe Biden and Donald Trump are both pretty opposed to, to cryptocurrency and so we always say like if they're on one side of something i definitely want to be on the other side
0: yeah your girl hillary, and, uh, your girl hillary was speaking uh, recently she came out about the same thing right so like hey this that's is what gonna, i was just gonna say hillary gonna clinton came out nations <laughs> now, now, now you
1: give me hillary clinton donald trump and joe biden all on one side of the issue like god like i wasn't sold before yeah let's give me all the crypto i don't even want u.s dollars anymore geez yeah.
0: like i said i don't know hillary must be looking out for the cia because uh you know if bitcoin started destabilizing nations all over the world what the hell would they have to do so um
1: they could join the fbi and support yeah. their own plots
0: but yeah so i don't know this is uh you know we've seen this they've they've done a bunch of naming rights for uh for like uh, sports complexes not only just these individual uh, uh and brand ambassadors if you will but there's definitely a merging now who knows you know petcom was a uh, probably going to be a naming rights for somebody too and obviously that was a a, a part of the dot-com bubble that burst there. So I'm not calling this a bubble, but not, nothing is forever. I mean, we have a carrier dome right here in Syracuse, and uh, it's neither a dome nor carrier here in Syracuse anymore. So name rights can be a little tricky, and it doesn't necessarily grant legitimacy. But it's interesting and just noteworthy that I feel like there's this clearly a conscious effort to move athletes and crypto together. So I don't know. Another uh, another story for that bucket, I guess. Uh-huh. The more the
1: better. Let's keep it going. Yeah.
0: Uh, keeping it going, uh, we, we're we going to talk about the uh, Rittenhouse trial uh, at the end of the show here, but another trial, Mr. Hughes song, that you might be aware of, Gislaine Maxwell. Did I say her name right? Gislaine? I um, believe you said it right. Yeah, I didn't, but that's okay. Um, her trial is set to start mo- a week from today, Monday, November 29th. Uh, they were been doing, I believe, like jury uh, selection started, maybe even last week. So there's been some uh, sightings of Miss Maxwell uh, in the in the public here. So she is still alive. So everybody says in the news anyway. So, you know, we have, I haven't seen any video. Unlike the Rittenhouse trial, federal trials do not allow video cameras in there. So that's why we get all these crazy sketch artist drawings of uh, nonsense that's going on in the courts there. But I will be paying attention to this trial. Um, I will keep Mr. Hussong informed as... Uh, this, uh, things gets going, but, uh, I would expect everybody here in this, uh, our audience to pay attention to this as it's come next week. I don't know what to expect out of it. I hope that there is some, uh, you know, new information that could probably shed light on some of these other evil, nefarious people and put them behind bars as well. But, uh, can we start with Miss Maxwell? Do, do, do we have any kind of guess? Do we think that this trial even, do you think this trial like completes in a normal, sense of a trial um like do you think there's a verdict at the end of the trial i guess is that is that a fair question i suppose
1: there will be yes there will be a verdict at the end of the trial i would imagine i'm still curious to see what kind of deal gets struck what they might be able to do with it um because obviously this woman could turn on so many people that it would be unbelievable and i keep kind of hoping she does that uh, at the same time, I don't want her to avoid prison because she's basically one of the most evil human beings that has ever lived. Um, yeah, and should, what she did is,
0: yeah, there's. I mean, I don't care who she gives up. She should not be free. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know how that. I don't know how that negotiation works because there's. I don't see how the negotiation. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the trade off would be. Like, she needs to be in jail.
1: Right. She was one of the main. Um, what's the right word here? Instigator, main, the main cause for a lot of these girls getting sucked into this world like yeah, it i don't was, think
0: she's on a lower level than epstein i feel like they were on equal levels no, at this point i agree so anyway so it's
1: sad but i just want her to turn on these people and i want names other than prince andrew and bill clinton like yeah. let's get more names
0: yeah i mean we've seen some stuff in the news recently you know the the BlackRock guy and the, what was the other financial guy a couple guys retired because Basically, they've been having emails. The one who I want to see go down is Bill Gates, but we'll see if that ever happens. But anyway, his Maxwell's brother's already like trying to plant, you know, I'm not that I think this going to go that far, that there's no way that she can get a fair trial. So they're already planting seeds on, you know, whatever they can plant seeds on, I guess. But again, next week, week from today, we should have uh, at least some new news, no matter what happens, uh, going forward in the Jelaine Maxwell, uh, Jeffrey Epstein stuff. So. Um, I expect everybody here to be paying attention to that. I will try to do my best and keep uh, people up to date with information that I uh, hear and read over the uh, few days. Anyway, so um,
1: I was thinking about Jerry's selection and how are you ever going to find people that don't know about this trial? And then I realized, like, oh, it's not even going to be a slight challenge to yeah, find nobody people even heard that about it.
0: I would, most people still have no idea who she is. Like they've heard the I Jeffrey agree. Epstein part, but they haven't got down to the uh, the, the Jelaine Maxwell part and all the other. You know, they probably heard the Prince Andrew and Bill Clinton stuff, and I'm sure they hear the Donald Trump stuff, but all these other who are huge power brokers in the world, but I'm getting yeah. literally, no, I saw a picture freaking with the Pope blessing freaking Epstein and Maxwell the other day. I can't believe it. I mean, it's older photo, but still crazy that they were even in his presence.
1: I mean, it's, it's wild that what you had was an international child sex trafficking ring involving prominent politicians, business leaders, financial leaders, People that
0: determine Science. fiscal,
1: monetary, and economic policy throughout the world, and, scientists. and most people have not heard of it. Yeah, it's crazy. That's wild,
0: but it's there's a reason why, and we know it. So, yeah. um, I don't know. Let's tu- let's turn to another piece of crap. Uh, Governor Cuomo's back in the news a little bit here. Did you see that uh, the uh, the usually uh, I don't know impotent Jacob, which is the uh, outfit that was anointed by the previous governor as somehow, somehow uh, going to look over ethics of uh, our politicians uh, finally did something uh, after a bunch of Cuomo's appointees were no longer there and they basically clawed back his book deal. So if you guys remember our uh, great governor Cuomo here who saved us all from COVID wrote a book about it and how he led us, led us through this all uh, received $5.1 million uh, from the publisher of this book. Uh, some of the, the, the stuff that's coming out now is basically showing that many state resources were used in the uh, writing of this book. Um, You know, basically your taxpayer dollars were fund or paying the salaries of people who were basically dotting I's and crossing T's and making sure he knew, you know, his, his story tale got, got told, but they, they 12 to one decision have rescinded the approval for him to uh, uh, profit from this book. So I, you know, I'm glad it happened, but I, never should have gotten this far either
1: it's amazing that he got as far as he did like i can't believe this was ever approved and i love the fact that he was supposed to collect literally like 123 dollars per book sold is what the math ended up being and they charged like 15 dollars for the book that was how wrong they got that advance um but it's good that they took it away from him thank god there's some normalcy um the fact that he is still not ever going to face an investigation or a criminal uh, referral, what he did last year, is a miscarriage of justice.
0: But here we are. Now, let me read this for me, and maybe this will ring a bell. So from the, the New York Post, this article, William Fisher, a Cuomo holdover appointee from Syracuse region, was the only commissioner who dissented, objecting to the provision about the book being too closely related to his ex-governor's duties. Hmm. Mr. Fisher. I know Mr. Fisher. That's interesting. I just read. I was reading down through this. Uh, so he was the one dissenting vote on twelve to one. So good job, Mr. Fisher. Um, what?
1: I like it. I mean, listen. I, I will never tell somebody to not be the contrarian because I, I think that generally the contrarian is a is a good position to be in. But I'm going to disagree with Mr. Fisher on this particular issue, though. You and me both.
0: Um, so I don't, like I said, I don't expect anything more to come of this. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing he has $5 million, whatever he did with it, it didn't go too far. He can give it back. He's got some war chest developed. I'm sure they can figure out a way to offset that loss, but at least he's not officially making money off that book of nonsense. So, um, thank you, Jacob, I guess for the finally doing something about this. Um, let's turn to another, where am
1: I going to get my lessons in leadership from now?
0: Um, Well, I'll get back to you on that. Rain check. Thank you. Let's God, let's talk I'm about another need something. <laughs> let's talk about we we talked about this briefly about the parents being labeled domestic terrorists. So, Mister Husung, have you been labeled a domestic terrorist uh, for uh, uh, standing up for your kids at uh, town board or uh, parents teachers' boards meetings? Any of this stuff? Have you been partaking in? Any I of this? don't.
1: I don't believe I've been labeled a domestic terrorist oh, as of yet. I have, I'm sure, been labeled a pain in the ass.
0: Oh well. I think there's only like one connection away from pain in the ass to domestic terrorists these days. So I'm pretty sure you're on the soon to be list domestic terrorists. But anyway, our attorney general Merrick Garland uh, testified in front of Congress, basically saying, you know, that they were not labeling parents uh, domestic terrorists, but apparently some uh, whistleblowers came out and said otherwise. So um, it looks as though our uh, department of justice is in fact uh, making a list of parents who have been uh, less than uh, cordial to their, their their board members or committee members. And uh, here we are. Now we have parents standing up for their kids, uh, being threatened by our, our Department of Justice, our Attorney General lying about it, and they're getting caught. This is where we are, Mr. Sung.
1: I mean, I feel like that's just America for what it is right there. Um, listen, you want to know how full, full of it these people are? like They said they had all these examples of violence in the school board meetings. And it was not violence. I I think there was actually two across the entire country that turned into any type of physical altercation. The rest of them were not. Like, they. one guy apparently started giving Nazi salutes to the school board, not saying, I'm a Nazi, calling them Nazis for what they were doing, and they labeled that as violence.
0: Well. That's a joke. Yeah. For sure. Um...
1: So how shocked am I supposed to be that they lied about how many they're going to do, what they're using, what resources they're available to them? We're not using any anti-terrorist platforms to track these people. Oh, wait. Yeah, we are. My bad.
0: Yeah. And, you know, nothing will happen, even though he misled, quote unquote, misled Congress, not lied to Congress. Do we have other people who have lied to Congress and we got, you know, nothing ever happens? No. Nothing ever happens. Nobody cares. Well, unless they hate you and then they'll, they'll figure out a way to make that happen. But, you know. Here we are. It's it's a clown world. You're right. Um, let's talk about a little bit of COVID here before we uh, get into these last two stories. Most people, saw, most people saw this, and they had to laugh, right? I mean, if you see, I, I read this out loud when it, when it first came across, and somebody was laughing at me, where... <laughs> I'm going to read this headline. FDA says 55 years to process requests for extensive vaccine data under Freedom of Information Act. The FDA says it needs 55 years... Two thousand seventy six, they're going to. They said they'll have they'll have enough time at that point to give us the information from the the Pfizer trials. Mister Hughesung, where were you being fifty five years? <laughs> uh, I mean,
1: I hope alive, but you know, will this if be I'm part of episode six
0: thousand four hundred and twenty one? If we uh, get this data,
1: yeah, yeah, we can we can flash back to this one when we discussed it. Fifty five um, years, dude. Listen, for context, what they asked for was, we'd like the judge to approve us to just release 500 pages per month, which is a reasonable number, and that way we won't overwhelm our system and we can turn over 500 pages per month. The problem is they are asking for 330,000 pages of documents. So it literally ends up being like, Wait, if you could do five hundred pages a month that you've scanned in and can send over, why can't you do a thousand or two thousand? Like, not that much of a difference.
0: Yeah, well, they don't it's want amazing. the information out there, Ben. That's why.
1: I mean, obviously, they don't want it out there. But like the fact that people are not upset about this and are not skeptical of, and listen, it's not like they're asking for anything outlandish. They're asking. The FOIL request was for. Let us see the documents that you relied upon in approving Pfizer's vaccine. Everything. Let us see it so that we can have scientists and experts and doctors and, you know, even lay people, God forbid, take a look at what you did and how the process was approved. And their response was, "Yeah, we'll get it all over to you by 2076. That's
0: amazing. That's crazy. I mean... The fact that we that live mean,
1: in the dumbest time imaginable
0: i can prove that for you would you like me to do that hold on real quick there's been over a
1: 20 to 1 return
0: if you had put that money into an s&p 500 and reinvested the dividends you'd come up with something like 17 billion dollars but you think it's 200 billion dollars
1: here yeah you're okay you're not gonna you're not gonna get covid if you have these vaccinations these vaccines are ...are highly, highly effective.
0: Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick.
1: They're really, really good against variants. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to
0: normal. Get your first shot, and when you're due for your second, get your second shot.
1: Our key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no... Almost no. Uh, infection going on whatsoever when people are vaccinated they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected if you're vaccinated you're not going to be hospitalized you're not going to be in ICU unit and you're not going to die if you are fully vaccinated you no longer need to wear a mask anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities large or small ...without wearing a mask or physical distancing. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. You know, we didn't have vaccines that block transmission. We got vaccines that help you with your health, but they only slightly reduce the transmissions. We need a new new way of doing the vaccine. The level of virus in the nasopharynx of a person who's vaccinated and infected is the same level... ...as the level of virus in the nasal pharynx of an unvaccinated person. Reports from our international colleagues, including Israel, suggest
0: increased risk of severe disease amongst those vaccinated early.
1: And if you look at Israel, Mm -hmm. which has always been a month to a month and
0: a half ahead of us, they are seeing a waning of immunity, not only against infection, but against hospitalizations... And to some extent, death. A booster might actually be an essential part of the primary regimen that people should have. The plan is for
1: every adult to get a booster shot. Uh, Clearly one of the best investments uh, I've ever been involved in.
0: There you have it, Mr. Hussong. One of the best investments he's ever been involved in. And thank
1: God, because if anybody needs the money, it's Bill Gates.
0: He's a criminal. Anyway I thought I would glad you sent that over to me I did see it there and then I was like oh that'll be a good thing to play during uh, the next uh, COVID segment so thank you again for uh, sending that over but yeah so I don't know it's just part of the more of the clown world show that we've been part of and are continuing to be a part of I guess so here we are let let's, so, yeah go ahead
1: if you let's flash back to like January when they first announced the vaccines and they said, hey vaccines appear to be very effective and very safe. And like I had said at that point, you know what, though? What would happen if they were only going to really be any good for a couple of months at best? And then there was going to basically not only be no benefit, you might actually be more likely to get infected, but it would make you a little less likely to die for at least some period of time. Sold. And it's going to work so well. That six months later, they're going to be encouraging you to take a booster shot. Who would call that a successful vaccine?
0: It's called effective. You've, you you've forgot that. Re, the redefinition it, of effective is in the dictionary, too.
1: It doesn't impact your viral load. It does not diminish your capacity to spread whatsoever. And it, it, after six months, it doesn't even have any significant impact on your capacity for catching the virus or the severity of the illness. Like. What in the world would failure look like if this is success? I, I'm, I'm genuinely at a loss. That's when, when people say that. Like, I don't understand why somebody would just get vaccinated. Like, well, why would you? Like, because they work. Like, do you get your booster yet? Like, well, no, but I'm going to. You don't see the disconnect there. Like, no. my favorite is the one Fauci just came out and was talking about. Um, that, well, they're hoping that the booster shot, in addition to that initial spike, will provide more durable immunity going on for longer. Based on what? What what are we basing that on? Like, you think that might happen other than hope? What is the basis for that possible conclusion? It's not how any of the shots so far have worked. But you think suddenly, because it's the third one, this is going to work that way? Uh, Maybe it will. I'm not smart enough to tell you it can't. But that seems, like, really optimistic.
0: Yeah. No. Is it me? No. No. it's not well,
1: the first shot, second shot, started out really strong and then waned, but we think the third shot, which is the exact same dosage yeah. and the exact same medicine, this one will go up and then last. Well, why? Yeah. Because science, you simpletons, go take your horse to Wormer.
0: How, how many boosters do you think will be recommended by November were you, 20th of 2022?
1: A year from now. A year from
0: now, what will be the requ- What will be the recommended number of boosters for each adult? What do you think? Two. We're at two now. People are starting to get. No, we're we're about boosters, so you are right Four, now. basically, right? So, no, the first no, no two I and think two that you'll boosters.
1: have on top of the booster right now. There will be one more recommended between now and next November. So, assuming you got this booster, you're going to have to get another one before next November,
0: and every November thereafter. Alrighty. So. I mean,
1: no, they, listen, I'm being super optimistic here. It might end up I don't think it'll be more than two on top of this one, but I think every six months is not an unreasonable number. My only thought in saying no is because if you get it now, six months from now is May, the seasonality would not line up, although in Florida and some of the southern states, then you might have the seasonality aspect that would encourage more boosters. And then in the fall, you definitely are going to get encouraged to take another booster. Shouldn't say definitely My rudimentary understanding and and hypothesis on the idea that just because it's the third shot, giving the exact same dosage and the exact same mRNA, that it's not going to behave differently just because it's the third time, I think you're going to have at least one or two more. Now, this goes back to our topic from last week on the problem with mRNA and the reason they got out of vaccines, or two days, they got out of drug treatments and went to vaccines was the idea that you only wanted to give this to somebody once and that would reduce the toxicity problems. So if we're supposed to give that, if we're supposed to get MRNA boosters every six months, that seems bad. Yeah. That seems like maybe not ideal.
0: Yeah. I'm with you
1: to read the I got the quote right here. So I'm going to read it again. This is from Carolyn Carrico, VP of bio in, Tech in 2016. I would say that mRNA is better suited for diseases The treatment for short duration is sufficiently curative so the toxicities caused by delivery materials are less likely to occur.
0: Right. And those uh, delivery uh, materials are those nanolipid particles, right?
1: Lipid nanoparticles.
0: Lipid yeah. nanoparticles. Oh, my God.
1: There was a great thing floating around on Twitter where they were like, you want to know how long this has been going on? It started in the 60s. It started this. They developed all this. And they said, so why did it suddenly, why were they suddenly able to get past all the problems? And the response was, well, the COVID virus brought on a whole new level of funding that allowed the scientists to finally work it out. And I burst out laughing. Moderna went public in 2018 to six billion dollars of valuation and they didn't have the money until 2020 to figure this out yet you're going to say it was the funding this company raised billions it was uh, by 2016 they had raised 1.265 billion dollars more than that that's at a minimum without revealing data from a single clinical trial but you're going to tell me that the reason they solved this problem miraculously in 2020 was funding how dumb do I have to be to buy this?
0: Well, I mean, maybe they maybe they're part of Jeffrey Epstein's estate, and they got some uh, kickback from there, and then there's the money came from. Let's. Oh my God! It's it's crazy town, Mr. Houston. Yes. Let's let's switch gears a little bit, um, well, a lot of bit, I guess. But uh, let's retouch on this Project Veritas stuff that's been going on here since since we talked last week. <clears throat> they had raided James O'Keefe's house, I think, the day before or uh, maybe two days before. So it was early when we talked about this last week and some new stuff has come out since then. Um, but let's do a little bit of a timeline recap, I guess. So I feel like the raid happened Jan or January 11, six, 11, five, something like that was when they raided James O'Keefe's house, uh, and two other employees or two other reporters of project or former employees of project Veritas they seized phones and computers from James O'Keefe for sure. Um, And the information that was on those phones and computers ended up in a New York Times article on November 11th. Crazy, right? Um, Some of the things that they (laughs) talked about um, in that article, it says, Internal documents obtained by New York Times reveal reveal the extent to which its lawyers gauge how far its deceptive reporting practices can go before a file of federal laws. So the internal documents, these are... Project Veritas' internal documents that now New York Times is in possession of via the FBI basically say that Project Veritas has been con- consulting with their lawyers to see what's legal and what's not legal before they start reporting. Seems pretty mundane to be in, I mean, I would assume that most publications, media sources or whatever are consulting lawyers about what they can and cannot do. In this article, there's no indication that Project Veritas violated any laws. They basically were trying to figure out what was legal, how they could report on what they wanted to report on by doing it within the legal framework of the country, right? So New York Times basically outing Project Veritas as being a uh, uh, responsible journalistic outlet by basically not reporting things that they could not uh, validate, and which is what they did with these Ashley Biden's diary. You know, they didn't publish this; they basically gave it back to the FBI. And then two weeks later, there or I guess it wasn't two weeks; it was uh, this happened last year. But the uh, two weeks after um, Project Veritas and uh, New York Times, actually, New York Times is being sued by uh, Project Veritas. We should probably throw that in there. Some background uh, for defamation; they have uh, moved through a couple uh, uh, court dates with that defamation trial and Project Veritas is still in good standing there. So it's hard for me not to think that the FBI and the New York Times worked together to basically try to, I would say take down Project Veritas, but try to basically smear them in the light of public opinion for sure, because none of the rest of the article basically says they did anything wrong. They basically said they did everything by the book. They were just trying to figure out what was within the legal framework to do, and they did it. And I feel like New York Times, because they're just shit, that basically they, I'm sure they have lawyers that they consult with, too. But since they're not good at it, Project Veritas is good at it. They figured they would just try to take them out by basically using nefarious tactics of the FBI, basically raiding their house over a, over a, a private citizen's diary being stolen, which seems a crazy thing for the FBI to be investigating and in, in begin with. So, I don't know. Do you have any you know, the judge has, oh, real quickly, judge has stopped New York Times reporting on the Project Veritas case, so uh, there's something going on there where uh, Project Veritas basically filed an injunction or something with uh, a court and the judge agreed, and New York Times is no longer allowed to publish any of the contents from that raid. So, there's a bunch of stuff going on here, but none of it smells good.
1: I mean, it's It's like confirmation of what you worry is true about media and federal law enforcement agencies. Um it's not good.
0: No. Like I said, the FBI needs to be disbanded. We said this last week. I mean this this is literally the state and the press working together against dissidents. I mean, it's crazy. That's that's it's 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 really, really bad.
1: This should not be happening. Like Remember when we were to have a free and independent media that would serve as a check on the power of the state? I remember that. That was a great idea. Not yeah. being
0: used right. And so uh, Tim Poole made a, uh, I don't know, an assessment. A uh, uh, He called it a conspiracy theory, but I'll, I'll regurgitate it here so that people can kind of uh, digest it on their own. But in the New York Times article, it talks about how Project Veritas was trying to find what legal boundaries they had for interviewing or getting, uh, collecting statements from federal employees. So the thought was, Tim Poole's thought was, that what if Project Veritas was actually investigating the FBI and was trying to figure out how to get operatives in front of the FBI in a way to record their conversations? And it makes sense within the, the, the discussion points of the article. And so if the FBI caught wind of... Project Veritas trying to investigate themselves there's zero chance that they would not have acted. So, I don't know. It makes a lot of sense to me because the timing of it is pretty crazy and again, I find the Ashley Biden diary reason peculiar at least because it doesn't seem Lacking. worth yeah, it doesn't seem worthy of a raid, especially since they gave the diary back and never ran an article. So, I feel like there's more to the story than that and that's just a convenient use of Something to uh, cover up the real reason for the raid, but you know it's not shocking. I mean, they've been obviously. I would not be surprised at all if Project Veritas was looking for whistleblowers or who had whistleblowers within government agencies, including the FBI or or, or agencies like that, and was just trying to figure out a way to do to get that information into the public as legally as they possibly could. So. It it makes sense to me. Obviously, there's no there's no evidence to back it yet, but um, I don't know. It's it's a weird weird story that that's actually happening right now. Because I mean, as I said, is even the people who a lot of people don't like Project Veritas and their their tactics. Some of the, the you know people will rail against their deceptive uh, practices because they basically claim to be people who they're not, and then they get people in uh, uh, you know personal circumstances and situations, and then they get them to spill their guts and then they record it. So. It is. It doesn't dispute any of the information that's being collected. It just, you know, people should, you know, these people at Pfizer or Moderna should be. I mean, they they knew they were one of the goods. Did ask the Project Veritas girl if she was a, a investigator, and she was like, no, you know, whatever. So I'm like, if if you have information and you want to give it out and you're you're trying to impress your date, I mean, be careful. It might be Project Veritas. That's all I'm saying. Um,
1: or just you know shut up anyway because that's your job. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Or, if, yeah, right. Either way. But anyway, so. Uh,
1: or the flip side, don't be a piece of human garbage and tell the truth.
0: Yeah. Well, we're that we're way away from that being a realistic possibility. So, but like I said, I, I find that a bunch of, uh, you know, free press uh, organizations are coming out and basically saying that there is a, uh, a problem here. Um, like I said, I'm, you know, this, this judge in New York basically was, uh, the one who, uh, uh, temporarily blocked the uh, the publishing the New York Times from publishing materials. I'm not sure again where that, you know, maybe that's part of the defamation lawsuit reason why they can't do that. I don't know. I'm not. It seems weird that a judge would get involved. It seems the ruling is weird. So there must have been something else presented that makes me think that hey, this is beyond just a normal leaked document. I guess so. I don't know. It's it's really really smells really bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So all right well let's let's finish up here um a story we talked to uh talked about last week uh that came to uh at least a uh, a first conclusion i'm not sure this story's ever going to go away fully but um kyle rittenhouse the teenager uh from illinois who was part of the uh kenosha riots who went in there as you all know uh, uh ended up uh killing two people and wounding a third was found not guilty on all counts uh because he was acting in self-defense. Uh, the All three of the uh, – and the, the reckless endangerment for uh, Richie McGinnis, which is also, the, the, the I think, the fourth, quote-unquote, victim um, that was uh, there. They were all uh, not guilty on all counts. So a win for self-defense. Uh, you know, there was a huge media distortion of what was happening – well, what happened in real life and what was happening in the, what I'm going to say, the left-leaning media. Um, so much so that there were several uh, liberals, you know, who basically, to their credit, came out and said, hey, listen, I was lied to, you know, I was under the impression that Kyle Rittenhouse shot, shot three black dudes and that, you know, he was he went there to, to cause problems. When, if anybody watched the trial for any length of time, you, if you just watched Rittenhouse's testimony and... The one surviving, uh, one survivor uh, of the, um, the, one of the great Gabe Grosskauts, whatever his name was, there, the guy who got his hand blown off. If you listen to the, just their two testimonies, you would come away with completely different version of that. You would know what was happening, right? I mean, there was no confusion after watching the testimony. Everybody could see what was there. So I wasn't surprised. I mean, listen, I was very thankful and grateful that the verdict came down the way it did after seeing the testimony and seeing some of this video it looked like the kid was under attack and I'm this is not defending his that he should have been there right I mean the kid probably made some naive choice there thinking that he was going to do that and I'm I'm not trying to dismiss that I think he had good intentions I don't feel like he was going there to start trouble by any means and there's stuff showing you know he was cleaning graffiti the day before I mean he was there this is his I know he gets a he gets a bad rap for crossing state lines or whatever, but his, his dad lived in Kenosha and where he lives is like 20 minutes away. Even though it's a cross state line, it's 21 minutes away. He has family in Kenosha. He has family businesses that are in Kenosha. So he has ties to Kenosha. It's not like he just went there randomly out. Like, let's just go to Kenosha. Like he literally has ties there. So he went there again. I'm not saying that was the best choice for this uh, kid, an individual. Uh, his life is never going to never be the same because of that. Uh, but, but not I, But he did nothing criminal. Right. So, I, go ahead. I
1: can't believe the charges were even brought in this case, other than the political environment that we're in.
0: I mean, I, you reason. know,
1: you hear the, the same talking point of, he crossed state lines with a weapon. No, he didn't. That was debunked long ago, and we knew that was not true. The judge got him off on a technicality for the weapons charge. It's not a technicality. A, a person of his age is not allowed to own okay. a short barrel rifle the weapon that he had was not short barrel. It was a long barrel. And that is, listen, if you think that that's getting into the semantics, look at gun laws across the country for what guns are allowed and what guns not, because it is an absolute joke when you get into the semantics of what makes something okay versus what makes it not. Okay. It's, Borderline hysterical as you start reading like the distinctions that they draw up on these weapons.
0: Yeah, and, and you know there was there's anecdotal evidence from that trial, or maybe there was testimony in that trial where officers were they saw him there. They they didn't they there was nobody making any kind of hey that gun is illegal, right? He had right, like everybody knew. Like, you know, the only people who didn't know apparently were the prosecutors. So
1: yeah, who decided to bring that charge anyway? And then let me listen. I get your point, uh, not yours. I mean the 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 other side here. I understand the idea of it was probably unwise for him to go there. No, I would not have my 17-year-old son going in that situation. Like, that's that's not something I would do.
0: But where we're but, the police. I mean, that was part of the thing, right? The police had stood down, and that was part of that when There was, there was yeah. a bunch of craziness going on throughout the country, and this was the latest version, and there was nobody else protecting these people. And so I, like I said, I don't know that he should have been the one. You know, in hindsight, he didn't act like a 17-year-old. He acted like I would hope anybody adult would act in a situation where you're being attacked, I guess. Um, But it's hard to, it's hard to, I mean, there's no way one individual person think they were going to bring the riots to, to a close, I guess. You know what I mean? So like not, you know, if you're making this as I'm going to go there and make sure that everything's protected, you're probably not going to be successful with that, you know, with that intent, but somebody should have been there doing exactly what Kyle Rittenhouse was doing and either, providing aid to people during the riots and protecting some of these businesses. And if the police aren't going to do it, then, you know, armed citizens are going to. And I think, feel like the, hopefully the lasting, you know, the, the, the one thing that'll stick with us here from this trial is that self defense is, a, is, you know, a, a legitimate thing. And, you know, you know, all those people who basically said, oh, you, you, you never need a, why do you need a bullet that fires more than one bullet or this and that? I'm like, okay, well, if you get to find yourself in a situation where you're being attacked by a mob, there, there's the reason, I guess. so.
1: Yeah, though I mean, the one guy was aiming a pistol at him when he shot his bicep and basically evaporated it. Uh, the two guys that died, that got shot, were physically attacking me. It's not like Kyle Rittenhouse ran around there chasing these people down. He kept running away from them. Yeah. Like, if, if this was a white supremacist hell-bent on going to kill some black people, he did a really bad job.
0: Yeah, that, like number
1: one, he didn't name his gun at any black people. He only killed the three white guys who happened to be attacking him. Like, what else are you supposed to do? Oh well, he shouldn't have been there. Okay, but it's not illegal for him to be there. This right. is a question of law. Well, if you haven't, if you have a gun, you lose the I was scared. No, you don't.
0: Yeah, if you have to, a gun and t-
1: somebody's trying to bash your head, yeah, tell with that a to a rape victim,
0: right? I mean, tell that to somebody right. who's being attacked. Like, oh, you're not allowed to shoot. You just got to let it go. Like, get get the hell out of here. And like I said,
1: yeah, no, like you have the gun for a reason.
0: Yeah, and there's, there, there's, you know, so all three of these were completely, you know, I say different. There were different circumstances surrounding each one of these deaths. So the first one, Rosenbaum, that dude is a piece of trash, probably never should have been in public, right? He's did despicable things to kids multiple times. He was out literally that day or the day before from some mental hospital or jail or something. He was released causing problems. I mean, he basically had a, a, a dumpster that he lit on fire. He was wheeling it towards a gas station, trying to blow up the gas station. I mean, come on. There was off his office gourd, right? So, this yeah, is the one enough. who basically threatened Rittenhouse that if I get you alone, I'm going to kill you. Twice he said that to him. Later in the night, found him, was chasing him. He was Rosenbaum was chasing Rittenhouse down the street into a parking lot. You could see him. He gets cornered. He, there, he's getting chased by multiple people. That Zeminski guy was also there. He turns. He's trapped. He fires at the dude who's reaching for his gun and kills him. You know, that that is what it is. Now, from there, Brewer, which is the third guy, Brewer, I think was his, or Anthony Brewer, I think was his name. Huber was his was his last name. So he probably the, not that he has his own personal issues, but he was probably the least. He was he attacked Rittenhouse with the skateboard, hit him a couple times with the skateboard. Now, he was part of a group of a, a smaller handful of people, it seemed like to me, that were chasing him after he shot Rosenbaum, basically saying, hey, this guy shot somebody, hey, this guy, he's an active shooter, yelling at this guy, basically trying to get the mob to go after Kyle Rittenhouse. So now, Anthony Huber, the second victim, could have just been dumb, right? Just been like, hey, you know what? I see this guy, everybody's yelling, and he's... a." Uh, uh, active shooter, and I have a skateboard, and I'm going to go try to take him out. Well, that's just dumb, right? Like, if, if you, you don't bring a skateboard to a gunfight, I guess that's the old adage. So the this dude probably was, again, naive and just in the wrong place at the wrong time, and I'm not trying to say that anybody ever deserves to die, but the circumstances that led up to him hitting, Kyle Rittenhouse was, as so with the jury agreed, was in the right frame of mind to protect himself against anthony huber and he also died and then again he began to this is what he that was when he was uh falling down right so no after that so he started running and that's when the third uh uh guy who was attacking him basically as you pointed out had him down had he said he was pointing a gun at his head and that's when rittenhouse fired he did you know the, the circumstances were all different all three of them were justified and all three of them were justified in the in the eyes of the verdict too or in the the eyes of the jury so again not not a great situation for all involved um you know a lot of people tried to make this a race issue when one white guy shot three other white guys uh because it was at a black lives matters protest but i don't think race played any role in this whatsoever and those who try to make it out to be that are basically you know grasping at straws at best i mean they're they're they're, they're just projecting a, a, a something on this situation. And people tried to bring up other, you know, gun things. Uh, but this was a very unique situation where this dude was being attacked and did what he did to do to what he thought to protect his life. Which is different than like yeah. Tamir Rice or, you know, some of these other cases where the police and guns and, and, and black people and black victims were involved. This was not anything like that. So to compare the two is just I don't I don't think it's fair.
1: I think if you make this a race issue, it's because you want it to be a race issue. Like, you're coming in with that presupposed, and it's just... It's not supported by the evidence in this case. I mean, if each of those instances does not qualify as self-defense, what is? Right. Like, how long do you need to wait to see if the guy is really going to shoot you in the head before you pull the trigger on your bigger gun? The fact that you have... Fire superiority does not mean that you are not entitled to self-defense.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I can read a quote that basically backs up exactly. This is a uh, William Jacobson, who's a Cornell law professor. He does "If somebody so clearly acting in self-defense had been found guilty, it would have been almost unimaginable, right?" So it's like all of the evidence, all of the testimony, everything that occurred, all of the the, the video footage, the eyewitness, all said, "Hey, this dude is being attacked. He he only, uh, uh, you know, fired at the people who were attacking him, and there was no." you know, innocent casualties whatsoever. I mean, kudos to him for that being the outcome. You know, I'm not saying that there wasn't some luck involved in there. I'm guessing there probably was, but for sure, but, but things happened the way they happened. And like I said, what he did was not criminal. Um, and what those other people did, like, you know, I would be, and mean if, if, He's not guilty for uh, for self-defense then Gabe Grosskreutz should be tried for whatever he was assaulting and pointing the weapon that he wasn't supposed to have at at Kyle Rittenhouse there should be charges against that dude right now so again I'm glad the verdict was what it is but uh, in general a sad situation for all involved because again I you know I know actually I think it's it as uh, Rittenhouse's interviews first interviews tonight on Tucker I think Tucker Carlson's gonna interview Rittenhouse tonight so oh really I, I'm guessing he's gonna get a, a boatload of money just from people funding and do whatever he wants to do. He, you know, he puts up anything he wants and people are going to give him money because that's just how I feel like that. The story is kind of unfolded that, but it's not something that I would ever want to live with for the rest of my life. And he's going to have to do with that. And, you know, even, even with the ju- the jury's verdict and even in his own mind, if he feels like he did the right thing, it's, it can't be a good thing to, to shoot three people. No,
1: no, definitely not. And I think that, I mean, if he decides to sue CNN and some other media outlets for calling him a white supremacist that was out to kill black people, he'll probably win because the reporting was beyond irresponsible. It was so flagrantly biased and trying to paint the picture was unbelievable.
0: Yeah. So, well... And
1: I have have pretty low standards for the media, and even I was surprised at how blatant they
0: were. They, uh, you know, people like to compare the the Covington kids because they sued CNN for defamation. Now, that suit was not made public. I've... I've heard ranges from ten thousand to two hundred fifty million. So who knows how much that dude got, if anything? But um, there's there's precedent set, though. But but there's 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 definitely stuff. I mean, there's there's ways for him to you know get some kind of retribution. You know, some payment for the trouble that they caused him. Because again, his life is never going to be the same. So,
1: right? You had a guy that was essentially from a criminal from a legal standpoint fully innocent it was very obvious or at least overwhelmingly likely from the get-go with all of the video that was available to these media companies they said it came out at trial nonsense this was all over the internet for months you could have found these videos anywhere and then the prosecution withholds a high definition drone footage and doesn't give it to the defense until like two or three days before the end of the trial that's insanity Like, the prosecutors, like, this case should have been an example example for everybody of prosecutorial misconduct. And this is just widely accepted in our criminal justice system. And it's wrong. And this guy was horrible what he was trying to do. He tried to point out to the jury that Kyle Ruttenhaus wasn't speaking up on his own behalf. Like, that he wasn't coming right out and saying, I didn't do it or whatever else. Like this is lawyer one Oh one. You're not allowed to do that. Like you're not allowed to point out the, the statements that a defendant didn't make as indicating their guilt. Like that's really basic lawyer stuff that, that you don't have to be a good lawyer to know that's. Yeah. All
0: right. Um, Mr. Husong, would you have anything else you'd like to leave the folks with here before we uh, leave them for another week?
1: Yeah, don't join in protests in the media lies. If the media tells you one thing, you could better believe that it's probably about 3% true. That's
0: pretty gracious of you. That's what right. I do. On that note, I forgot to tell everybody to uh, like and share this video, so please do that now. If you've made it this far, I thank you for uh, making it to the end through our technical difficulties here. Uh, hopefully next week we'll have Mister Song back in the studio. And uh, we will hopefully to see you all next Monday at 12 p.m. And until then, uh, thank you very much.